Welcome back to the Starting Five Podcast on SB Nation Grizzly Bear Blues. I am the One P Shark. What's going on, everybody? I'm Desmond Bang with the shot today. I'm still at underscore Scarlet on Twitter. Man, the value just keeps going up. It just keeps going up. This you got Trev, aka the Chief of Staff of Dylan Brooks Island. What is good, everybody? Oh, Jesus Christ. How do I follow that one up? Uh, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain. I guess I'm going in really slow motion here. It's really <laughs> sheety, passing it down low. It's not your Wi-Fi to the big fella. <laughs> well, that pass was so slow. <laughs> I was lagging me out. <laughs> it's your man, Tim. What's going on, Grizz Nation, Grizz family? What's going on, y'all? Yep, yep. And today we have a special guest, man. Man, CJ Hurt, Rising Grind producer for Grind City Media. How you doing, my guy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I should have a wallaby or something like that. So I could be <laughs> CJ kicking it with Steven Adams in, in New Zealand or something. But I don't have a wallaby, a wombat, none of them, man. Man, you got, you got to usher Stephen Adams in correctly. Like, you know how when you're trying to describe a couple of people and you put and them at the end, you just call yeah. Stephen Adams Big Steve and them. That's, that's all you need to do. <laughs> Big Steve Big Steve and them. That's all you need to do. That means he's coming with a herd of people. That's what that said. That's what that sound like. <laughs> he is a herd of a person. Like, that's a big dude. Stephen Adams Ooh, down there on the block moving everybody. Yeah. What we say? What we say? You're one of the strongest in the, in the, in the whole league. Yeah, if not Do not want to re- be on the receiving end of a Stephen Adams screen. Nah, they look like they hurt. And it's it's not the, you know, some people set screens but don't really want to set screens. They stick their knee out and try and dead leg you or whatever and make themselves small, try and po- poke you with the elbow. No, Stephen Adams sets a screen. He wants your body to hit his body. And hitting his body looks like it causes pain. At least discomfort in a way I'm not comfortable with. <laughs> I'm fragile. I can't be out there like that. <laughs> All right. But as we always do with uh, guests, we always start off with a Q&A. So, Tuke. Yes, sir. Man, CJ, we've been on each other for a couple of years, man. But we got to let the people know what, what's your background, man. So how did you get into sports producing? Oh, wow. That is sports content. That is a, a long story. So here's what, what ends up happening, right? I uh, 2008. Uh, I take the PCAT pharmacy college aptitude test to see, you know, which college I get into or to see what the test score is. Basically, the SATs for pharmacy school. I take that and I kill it. You know, I score in the 83rd percentile. That means that only 17 people score better than me. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to be a pharmacy pharmacist. This is going to be cake. I moved to Memphis uh, in 2009 to attend UT Health Science Center, which is over there. I'm from a military brat. So we'll say uh, Middle Tennessee, Clarksville, Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, right? But I lived in Germany for a couple of years, born in North Carolina. But Middle Tennessee is where I can consider home. Um, So I get to Tennessee and it doesn't go the way I thought it should uh, or the way I thought it would rather. Um, So I flunk out of pharmacy school the first time. I say, you know what? Mama told me I can be anything I want to. I'm coming back more determined than ever. And I flunked out a second time. I was like, oh, shit, uh, we got to figure out what to do uh, as an adult now that 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 goal, that dream is not going to that dream is way deferred. Like I ain't going to make it. So what I had a girlfriend at the time who pointed me in the direction of a internship at Sports 56, 560 WHBQ here in Memphis. It's like, OK, cool. I'll go see. Check it out. 
uh, see if I like it. And I loved it. And so I did the internship there and they didn't have a spot for me at the end of the summer internship. It was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll hang out up here. I ain't got nothing to do. Ain't like I got class to go to anymore. So I'm still trying to find a job. I'll just hang out up here and learn the tricks of the trade. A uh, guy by the name of Ben Hogan, he was Gary Parrish's producer. But first he was at Sports 56. And so Ben Hogan kind of took me under his wings and showed me the ropes a little bit. Um, and then he introduced me to a guy by the name of Kevin Cerrito. And Kevin Cerrito does trivia all over the city. One of my very good friends, Ben Hogan, another very good friend of mine, indebted to those guys uh, forever. And Kevin let me intern on his show. So he allowed me to serve as a de facto intern for two and a half, three and a half years until something opened up at 56. And then from from there, man, they got me in as a board op, which means I'm doing, you know, uh, running the commercial breaks for Vanderbilt baseball and Vanderbilt basketball and Ole Miss football and stuff like that. And then there was a, a big shakeup. A lot of producers left all at once and they were like, well, hell, like we can, we can go out here and train somebody else and try and find somebody else, or we can just have CJ step in and do it. And so they just had me step in and do it. And the career had just been progressing from there, from from uh, being a 56 weekday producer. I went on to be a co-host for uh, the Peter Edmondson experience with CJ Hurt. Peter and I had a show 7 to 10, Monday through Friday. We did that show for about a year and a half. And then I got a call from Grind City Media, like, hey, we're interested. I was like, well, the money right you know we can talk and the money was right we talked and i'm over at grind city media i've been over there for about a year now that's impressive that's impressive well, right <laughs> it's just the story it, it flunked so well so i appreciate that man no problem no problem just take took the negative of flunking out of pharmacy school and turned it into something you know Absolutely. sometimes life you gives you lemons mm-hmm. no, life. life gives you lemons go go out there and become a sports producer like I, I, I guess that's advice. I have no idea what you should be doing, man. Put it on the shirt, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, CJ, what is your? I guess on a day to day basis, what is your biggest challenge? Biggest challenge as a producer? As a producer, it is. So I'm producer and I'm third mic, or I'm yep. and I'm another mic. So the challenge for me producing is easy. It's just pushing the buttons. It's just cueing the talent when to talk the the thing that i try and do as a producer and the thing that i think makes a a really good producer a really good sidekick even i try to make the talent look better and it's hard it's hard i've worked with a lot of uh truly special bright uh charismatic intelligent people from greg and eli uh greg gas and eli savoy on middays uh john harden um brett norsworthy rob fisher Megan and Jessica, um, Kevin Cerrito, right? Like there's Peter Emerson. There's a lot of knowledge there. There's a lot of charisma, a lot of charm, a lot of fun, goofy things they do. They already look good. I try and find a way to make them look better. And that's what the difficult thing for me is. I can push the buttons all day long. I can play the music all day long. It is, okay, how do I get them to the next topic? Or how do I get them to expound on their thoughts about this topic? How do I continue the conversation? Is it you got we've all played the game with the balloon, right? Where you got the balloon and it's two or three of your family members or, or friends or whatever. And your kid and it's just, hey, don't let the balloon hit the ground. And you kind of just volley the balloon up in the air, trying to keep it up for as long as you can. Well, with me, that's what I'm trying to do. But from a conversational standpoint. Right. So, hey, 
the conversation is about to dip. It's about to get monotonous. It's about to get boring. Hey, how can I snap them back to it? How can I get them back having fun talking about this? It is hard. I'll, I'll just use um, where I am right now. Now, this story goes for everybody in this industry. Megan and Jessica cover the Grizzlies. That means that when Grizzlies on those road trips and tip off ain't till 9, 930, they're up watching them. Jessica's doing pre, post and half. Megan is doing stuff, content for social media, right? So they're watching these games and the game, Golden State Warriors goes to overtime. They, the game doesn't end until midnight. You got to calm down, come down, decompress. Let's say best case scenario, they go to bed 1, 1, 15. Well, they're, they're dragging in the morning a little bit, right? And it's, it's understandable. What, what I try and do is, hey, this isn't, while it is a job, it's fun. So let's come in here and have fun. So trying to bring that fun day in, day out, that's the most difficult thing for me because I'm also up watching these games, right? I'm also up trying to, to check out the, the box scores and the stat line to know what I'm going to talk about if they throw to me on various topics. So that, that is the difficult thing, how to bring out their absolute best and to make sure that they're having fun talking about these topics, even the not fun topics. And, and, and it sounds like, like in motivating them, like you spend a lot of energy doing, you know, motivating them and making sure they're on the right track. But how do you stay motivated through, through, through all this? Oh, that's a great question. I, I'm kind of self-motivated. I don't need a whole lot of motivation. Uh, it's fun. This is this. What I do is really, really fun to me. So it, I don't have to uh, get the extra motivation. I don't need um, like a pep talk. I don't need to read inspirational poem. I'm not uh, reading if or I'm not reading Bible scriptures or anything like that. I just wake up. <laughs> I, I'm just waking up, man. And it's just like, okay, boom. Okay. It, hey, I'm going to go in there and talk about sports. Jameis Winston's being carried off the field right now. Forgive me for looking at it. But James Winston carrying off the field. That's I can't wait to talk about this tomorrow. I'm already <laughs> excited. I don't even know how the game is going to end. It's it's tied seven seven right now. But I'm excited to to potentially get to talk about it. And I just wake up with that energy. I I try to um, to quote a, a famous college football co coach who God bless him. If he don't start beating Michigan State and Ohio State, he and I are gonna have real issues. Uh, I do really try to wake up with an enthusiasm unbeknownst to mankind. And I try and attack the day with that every single day. Um, so that I don't need to be extra motivated or anything like that. I just wake up with that energy in my heart and I keep it pushing, man. Especially when you go to work loving what you do. Yeah. Especially and and who loving who you work with. And who, like I've, I've been blessed to be able to work with man. some of the most talented people in the city of Memphis, some of the most talented people in the industry. And they make it fun. It's, it's great. The conversations that are had um, during commercial breaks, I live for those. Be it conversations that Peter Emerson, Zach Boyd and I are having or conversations that Kevin Cerrito and I were having conversations that Jessica Benson, Megan Triplett and I are having right now. Those are the best. The, the pre-show stuff, the post-show stuff. I love it. I live for it. it. It's great when you work with people who you enjoy being around. Who are your favorite sports teams right now? Who am I? Growing up, favorite sports growing, teams. So I was a I'm a Michigan fan. So. Forgive me if I get a little bit moody when talking about them and that sorry ass loss of Michigan State. How you lose a game, you up 17 <laughs> in the third quarter. Check that. I'm in Nashville. I don't know how familiar you guys are with Nashville, but I'm at Satco, San Antonio Taco, across the street from Vanderbilt. Michigan scores the touchdown to pit them up 17. I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. I had to go to uh, Tennessee State's homecoming game, right? 
I had to go out there to cover that for HBCU Huddle. So it's cool. Hey, you know what? Time to go. They up 17, third quarter. My job is done as a fan. I don't need to keep watching this. I get up. I get in my car, drive Nissan, walk to the media wheel call, check my phone to see how bad Michigan beating the hell out of Michigan State. I see the score 37-34 with a minute left. I said, damn, Michigan let them come back. They only going to win by three. I turned my phone off, stood back in line, started talking to my wife. I said, wait a second. Did Michigan have 37? Michigan had to have had 37. <laughs> I go back and look at my phone, man. And these sorry-ass jokers here down 37-34. Man, ruined my whole weekend. I couldn't even enjoy the rest of the weekend, y'all. So I'm a Michigan yeah, fan. And because I feel so deeply about the University of Michigan, especially football, but softball can get this enthusiasm. So can hockey, women's basketball, men's basketball, all Michigan athletics gets this type of excitement. I don't have anything else to give to a professional team. I tried it one. I was, I was a big Steelers fan when Cordell Stewart was there way back in the 90s, which doesn't seem like that long ago to me, but it, it really is a long time ago. And then they started doing stuff to Cordell. I was like, wait a second. What you mean you finished Ray Cordell Stewart? My dad had to sit me down like, listen, it's a business, kid. This is what happens. Like they can just so they can just cut them. They can just trade them. No, I can't roll with that. So I don't I can't be a professional sports team uh fan because you you mess around and trade my favorite player i'm gonna be hot and and we can't talk no more i don't even want to look at you no more let alone i don't know how the hell lions fans are in existence right now i hope we stop making them because don't nobody deserve that type of pain i can't imagine being a fan so how, of, how you feeling about the pistons the, another well see the pistons is different right pistons have championships pistons have a, a championship in my lifetime i remember watching the pistons win a championship <laughs> the lions have been in existence since before the NFL has been around, the Lions were one of the founding members of the NFL, right? They ain't even, not only do they not have a championship, they haven't been to a Super Bowl, and I'm pretty sure they have not been to a conference final. So, like, what do you do with that? That is a pitiful, pathetic franchise. We shouldn't be encouraging children to cheer for that. No, no, no. How would the wife feel about this, How would the wife feel about this, Trevor? My wife is a homer, so until they start doing well, she's gonna always rep the city of Detroit, regardless. So um the city of Detroit deserve better than that. Yes, they do, and she knows that. She knows that they do as well. So, but hey, they can dream. Give her a hug. <laughs> Give her a hug because they got the hell beat out of them again today. It was like 44 or something. I know because it's like funny. That. It's funny, real quickly. We I just got home and she checked her phone and she was like. What the hell is going on? I didn't know what, <laughs> what, what happened. And she was like, I just so happened to check the score, and the Lions are getting crushed by the Eagles right now. I was like, Ooh, okay. The Eagles, the Eagles, yes. like the Eagles are a fine NFL team, but they're not war world beaters. They're not the, the cream of the crop. They're they're a team they're that's not, gonna they're hover not around. capable of beating somebody 44 to six. No, that <laughs> they shouldn't be. Exactly. They shouldn't be. Saying. But they beat the hell out of the Lions, boy, and God bless them. They just can't get right. <laughs> so, so I can't. You have, you have no loyalty to any sports teams, which is a okay. You have any favorite basketball players that you enjoy watching growing up? Growing up, oh man, I don't even know now, why. Too. Even now, I don't. I was a real big Austin Crozier fan, Indiana Pacers, like wow. ninth man off the bench. No that clue why I like this dude. I loved, <laughs> I loved that wow. Indiana team with Reggie and Rick Reggie Smith Miller. and and yep and Mark Jackson and the Davis boys and I do believe Jalen Rose was on that team <laughs> and Jamal Tinsley. Like, I, I don't know. I love 
all and it was it was skinny oh, Jamal Tinsley. Man. You know, Jamal right. Tinsley got kind of kind of thick. This was yeah, a free well, thick Jamal Tinsley. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I don't know why I liked them so much, but I really did. Uh and, and Austin Crochet was one and another one, Scott Pollard. Scott Pollard for the Sacramento Kings. Another just ninth dude on the bench. He would come in and spell Vladdy Divac or Chris Weber. He would just come in and do stuff. What what exactly? Not really sure. He didn't score any points. He might have got a rebound or two. He didn't turn the ball over. He was just on the court because you needed some a fifth person, and Chris Weber and Vladdy Divac were tired. I yeah, love Scott Pollard. Yeah, um, sounds but like a more. Third, somebody we'll get to later on in this podcast. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, uh, Lord. Today's players and, and more notable players, you know, Michigan fan loved Chris Weber and loved his game. I think that because he didn't get a championship and didn't get past the Lakers, um, I think we we don't view his career the way that we should. Chris Webber was a phenomenal talent, phenomenal basketball player. He was a stretch four before there were stretch fours. He was somebody who could shoot, put the ball on the ground, go by you, post you up. He could pass out of the post. He could pass out of the high post. He could pass from the elbow. He was a great passer, great facilitator. I, I loved watching his game uh, growing up right now. Let's see, whose games do I like? I, I do enjoy – I like the fact that Giannis is is comfortable enough in his game to say, you know what, will I shoot it or not? I'm still going to put my head down, and, and y'all meet me at the rim. If y'all stop me, great, but I don't think you can. I, I love right. that mentality when it comes to uh, Giannis. Chris Paul, love, love the way he facilitates, loves the way he – his vision is just remarkable to me. The, the way he sees the court and the way that he can organize the offense and get everybody playing the way that they need to play to play to, to win some basketball games. I, I love that. Um, Cars Levert, again, Michigan fan. So Cars had always have a piece of my heart, but I think he, if he can stop with the injuries, which, you know, that's, that's your body, man. You really can't control that. But if he can stay healthy, I think he has the potential to be one of those uh, special players on, on the wing the way he can facilitate and create his own shot it is special speaking of people who can create own shots um murray jamal murray out in denver and i love Jokic. i love Jokic for the same reason i i like chris weber it's, it's the the fact that hey this guy Jokic might not be able to go by you that's a big boy um but he can hit open shots he can take you in the post and do work but also his vision and, and Jamal Murray is one of the Donovan Mitchell, just great shot creators, man. They they are phenomenal at that. Can't forget Timmy D. Loved everything about Tim Duncan when when he was playing. One of he was my favorite player of that era, the era that had like Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and Kobe Bryant and those guys. It was Tim Duncan who really stood out to me because he was so quiet, so non demonstrative. He would just go out there and casually drop, you know, twenty two, fifteen, nine, have three or four blocks. And he was he was so heady. The IQ was there. It wasn't like I'm going to send your ball out of bounds. He could, but I'm not sending your ball out of bounds. I'm not slamming it off the backboard. I'm just going to tip it. Boop. Now I'm going to take it. So I'm going to get the block and the steal and we're going to keep this thing pushing. Right. So Tim Duncan was was one of my favorite players, was my favorite player of that era. And one of my favorite players of all time. Speaking of favorites, man, uh, for everybody that's listening, we are recording on Halloween. Uh, so you end up coming to work in an avatar costume. Oh yeah, costume to be exact. Yeah, uh, we gotta ask who's your favorite. Who's your favorite avatar character, man? Was, was oh, Iro, Iro, like that. Uncle Uncle Iro is great. The wisdom Iroh that comes. Was the dopest. 
is so good. Like Iro didn't know it, but he was teaching me the whole time, dog. He was talking to Zuko, right. but really he was talking to right. CJ. He was, teaching us. He, he was raising me, dog. I was like, damn, Iro. I love that right. man. Oh, and when he when he spoiler alert, show's been over with for like <laughs> a decade you. now. But if you hadn't seen it in the last season, Zuko makes some questionable decisions. He's got a battle going on inside him. Iroh don't get mad at him. He ends up betraying Iroh, right? So you think Iroh going to rough Zuko up? Iroh going to yell at Zuko. Zuko figures out he made a mistake. Zuko goes to apologize to Iroh, and Iroh breaks down crying and hugs him. He's like, yo, I was never angry at you. I was just concerned. I thought you had lost your way. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Iroh, I did. Oh, oh. Emotional moment. <laughs> Cried ugly tears, boy. Cried like Seeley from Color Purple, dog. Oh, my goodness. It was great. I love Uncle Iroh. That, that's my dude, Toph. Is another one of my favorite characters from Last Airbender. Um, Boom, is it Boomy? Who? Which one is Boomy? Is that the little boy in Korra? Whoever the little boy is. So Tenzin has a son. That little boy is funny as hell to me, boy. He is funny. Oh my goodness! So that that those are my favorite characters from uh, Avatar, the Avatar universe, not just the Last Airbender, but Avatar Korra as well. Right, right, right. So uh, one more question for me, a little bit more, I guess, on the serious side. Um, in a world where like black sports content creators, um, we're getting more and more opportunities, which is a great thing. But you know, the the positions are being filled, and it's like not enough for everybody as of now. So how do you stand out in in, in this world of sports, especially being a black content creator? I mean, that's. I'm glad to see black people get the shot. Right and get the shine um, because we are talented. We are um, charismatic. We can tell captivating stories. Our stories in and of themselves are really fun, interesting, quirky, unique stories to tell. And I enjoy listening to them. And I'm glad that the rest of the world is coming around. Oh, as I try not to break my phone to listening to them as well. But like you, it, as we get more black content creators, it's not because they're black. It's because this person is unique, right? And and we have removed the the stigma that comes with being black. We have removed the the stereotypes of being lazy or being stupid or being unable to lead or, or whatever the case may be, whatever trepidations were there initially, we have begun to remove those. So I don't try and stand out. I don't I don't have to try and stand out. I'm different. I am. There, there's not another person who loves Ninja Turtles and Master P the way that I do. Right. And so I can merge that into a really fun sort of thing. There's, you know, everybody's got their own interests. Everybody's got their own ha hobbies. When it comes to doing this, it is about um, infusing those together and presenting a, a product so that it feels like for the listener. Oh, I know this guy. This guy is a friend of mine or this gal is a friend of mine. I'm sitting in the living room with this person. We just kicking it at their apartment or at their house or in their backyard. Uh, around uh, a bonfire or something like that and we're just shooting the shit basically right um that's that's what you wanted to feel like and peter emerson told me this you want to take your personality and dial it up just a little bit right to to be, make it entertaining turn it up a little bit and, and be more you -y. but you got to be you you can't be trying to be somebody else you can't try to to be different for the sake of being different we can sense that we want the genuine you and so as long as we're getting that as a society, as a collective, and you turn it up a little bit, make it fun, make it quirky, make it entertaining, uh, you'll be good. You're fine. So I like Avatar The Last Airbender, 
right? I'm not going to be walking around Wolf Chase Mall. I'm not going to be out in South Memphis in full on Avatar garb. I like it, but I'm not trying to talk everybody's ear off about it, right? But for the show, we need something. We need some type of content. We need something to make it fun. They're big, beginning to talk about the World Series. What am I going to do? I'm just going to jump out in my Avatar onesie. That's all I'm going to do. Boom, bing, bang, boom. Now it's funny. Now they're back to having fun. They're smiling. They're laughing. And the show flows from there. So just be you, turn yourself up a little bit. But again, you have to be genuinely you. I genuinely like the avatar. I can talk about that for hours. Um, so it's not strange for me to do it on that show. It is strange to do on a show, but it's not strange for me. So I don't I don't have to try and stand out. Nobody has to try and stand out because you're unique. You're the only one. You're the limited edition. They don't make them like you no more. They ain't never made them like you before. Just do that and you'll be fine. Right on. I love to pay you to go down South Memphis and wear the avatar suit, though, just like. (laughs) (laughs) Don't set that man up like that, too. What are you doing? What they going to do? I'm just saying. What they going to do? Ain't no pockets in the suit, so I won't have no money. Avatar. Uh, the airbenders, they're simple people. They don't believe in material goods, so ain't no jewelry going to be on me. They gonna I see wasn't me. talking about you getting robbed. I was talking about you getting checked, but okay. They're going to blame them. They're going to get them. Right. They're going to get them. I can be checked. I've been checked my whole life, dog. Like, that's fine. A, a good checking is good. That's good for the soul. It's been a minute. Let's see. Sheedy, you got a question? Yeah, I do. Sorry. I know we were talking about Halloween and dressing up, but I just want to look at to our next um holiday which is thanksgiving um and then you have leftovers two days after that um what are you put on the plate of michigan to make them think that it can beat ohio state on that day Ooh. oh ohio state versus michigan battle right here love to see you like i don't i don't know <laughs> i don't know why would you bring that up we having a pleasant conversation we having a grand old time i'm glad to be on this show having fun talking with everybody, trying to be uplifting, trying to say some inspirational stuff. Do I know what I'm saying? I don't even know what I'm saying most of the time, man. You want to bring this up. You want to bring up <laughs> some some quirky question about Thanksgiving in Ohio State and Michigan. I don't I don't know. I don't. But, but here's what I'm going to do, all right, for that day. I can't tell you what Jim going to do. can't tell you what Kay going to do. I can't tell you what Hassan Haskins. I can't tell you what, 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 what Aiden Hutchinson is going to do. I can't tell you none of what they're going to do, right? I can tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my wife out because she don't like to see me yell. So I'm going to send my wife out. She's going to get a spa day. She's going to go and relax. And I am going to turn this fandom all the way up to like nine and a half, right? So I'm, I'm going to be belligerent in my house. It's going to be bad. Nobody needs to be around. Can't have no video of this because video come out of this. I'm going to get in trouble. But I'm going to turn it all the way up like the good old days. And much like Dragon Ball Z, you remember how Goku needed to get the spirit to make the spirit bomb, get everybody to to buy in and believe in him so he can make the spirit bomb to beat Vegeta? I'm going to give my spirit, my spiritual (laughs) essence to Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. And I'm going to do that by getting really, really liquored up and by saying a lot of mean things and derogatory things about Ohio State. I'm going to say things about their mamas, their grandmamas. It's going to be bad. And I'm gonna try and get that energy, and I hope that Jim stands there. You gotta, like get, this. You gotta get some good, good energy about that, bro. You can't be checking nobody grandmas to talk about nobody. Yeah, whatever, whatever. I, I am. It's it's that type of robbery. I understand. Yeah, that. no, yeah, it's, it's that his, robbery. So it's, his grandma got eight toes and four fingers with three teeth. I'm talking about that type stuff, and I, y'all are gonna see it. 
is it'll be just this white ball that appears above Jim Harbaugh. And I just want him to take it and hurl it at Ohio State. And I'm not saying eviscerate him, but metaphorically speaking on the football field, eviscerate uh, Ohio State. Is that going to help? Probably not. I don't. And again, but I can only do my part as a fan. I'm going to do my job. It's up to them to do theirs. And I'm going to give them my energy so they can go out there and try and uh, compete against Ohio State and win against Ohio State. That's all I got, man. I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to say. You're up 17 points, dog. How? 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 You're up 17. Like 10 minutes left in the third. You put the true freshman in. He fumbles the football. Clearly, the moment's too big for him. What do you do the very next possession? You put him back in the game, and what does he do? He fumbles the damn football. Unnecessary. Why would you put him back in that position? Why? He showed you what he's about. He showed you he a little nervous. So don't put his ass back in the game. K. McNamara was playing well. Game of his life. You were doing well. Why you put him back in the game? And I don't know where y'all got that tater-toting dude from in the backfield. That's the Heisman Trophy winner right there. I don't care what else happened. He is the Heisman Trophy winner. I'm so hot, I don't even want to say his name out loud because I'm afraid if I say his name three times, he'll come running through the door and run me over. And I don't want no part of that smoke. That's a tater-toting dude right there. And I love me a tater-toter. You got to respect tater-toters in this daggum uh, game we call football. And that is your Heisman Trophy. Five touchdowns? Five? And they knew? They knew he was going to get the football? And he got five? No, nah, dog. That's a bad boy. That's a bad boy. <laughs> and he's from Memphis. And he's from Memphis. How the hell? How the hell? You Tennessee. You sorry-ass Tennessee. You think you could use that on your football team? How the hell you let that go? How the hell you let that leave Memphis? You you Mississippi State. Sorry-ass Mississippi State. You think you think they couldn't use that? Mississippi State did beat Kentucky, but that's sorry-ass Kentucky. He passed, he passed everybody in the SEC to get his ass up to East Lansing. And I know what happened. There's some funny business going on. Maybe not this anymore, but there's some funny business going on because that's all Sparty know how to do is cheat. They cheated us out of two touchdowns yesterday as well. But I'm not here to make excuses for Jim Harbaugh being sorry. You got to find a way to win that game. We go to East Lansing to be cheated. We go to East Lansing to get robbed. But it builds character. It shows toughness. It shows grit when you come out of there with the win. Michigan didn't come out there with the win yesterday, but they knew they were getting cheated. That was a that was a sack touchdown. Aiden Hutchinson got that ball. That was a touchdown. The ball was on the quarterback's hip. He didn't have yeah. control of that football. That was yeah. a fumble. That was a fumble. And he recovered it in the end zone. They're going to talk about, no, nah, we're going to overturn it. What angle showed you you should overturn that? No angle. It's Michigan State. They don't know how to count down from 10 the right way, and they don't know what a fumble is. They're a bunch of cheaters, but that's not an excuse. You still got to find a way to beat them because they're not as good as you. Little brother always finds a way to cheat. Every, every time I play my little brother in something, he tries to cheat. He tries to bend the rules. I still beat him. If that's your little brother, you got to still be. Good Lord. So I don't know what the hell they do against Ohio State. Can you tell I'm upset about this? I am hot, <laughs> I tell you. And the last two times they played Ohio State, Ohio State put up combined, what, 120, 130? Michigan got like 17, 20 points? Come on, man. Come on, dog. We can't keep doing this. It, a 10-2 season at the University of Michigan, 10-2 season, first off, is fine everywhere else. And it's fine at Michigan, honestly. If you have a 10-2 football season, that's a really good season. But if your two losses at the University of Michigan are Michigan State and Ohio State, throw the whole damn season away. Throw it away. I don't want to be a part of it. Why would you bring that up? Good Lord. I knew it was coming. We, we <laughs> I knew it was coming. Just, he's a high state fan. That's why he had to. Yeah. Just, just couldn't. 
<laughs> he couldn't resist. He had to do no, it. No, sir. I'm sorry. We can go back to Grizzlies now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He said, <laughs> he said Michigan too many times. Hey, moving on to the Grizzlies, don't, don't get in the building. It really doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. You're going to go hop into it. <laughs> Let's go hop into it. Y'all see the name? Mr. 500 Shark Returns. CJ, last year, I took on this Mr. 500 Shark moniker because we were 500 almost every week. Um, to the final <laughs> week of the season. <laughs> And now we're three and three again, five hundred again. Uh, yeah. After a one and three week, I think everybody except Trevor predicted us to lose to the Lakers. Great game, came down to the end. Job missed the free throw, but he had a great game, forty points and ten, uh, ten assists. Can't ask for you know more than that. Um, Portland laid the egg, came back and re, you know rebounding, actually beat Golden State in overtime, beat them again. But played uh, my favorite player, Jimmy Butler, the Miami Heat. Last night and took that uh Sharky, hold on. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I swear I feel like the Miami Heat are still making shots for that game, man. So the floor is open. What are y'all thoughts? And we know who everybody to, who everybody about to bring up, but you know, go the same order. Shooting guard, Desmond Bang, who you need help from? Um, who do I need help from? <laughs> I see why you tried to set me up with that question. <laughs> um, I think the thing that I'm not so happy about, I think, is the Portland game. And so if you ask me who do you need help from, I think I need help from everybody, you know, from John Morant to John Concha for the team. And the reason that Portland game doesn't sit well with me is because we talk about wanting that national attention. We talk about wanting, you know, people to, you know, give job the votes to put him into an all-star team. You talk about people not saying that the Grizzlies are going to be an eight, nine seed every single year. We're saying on this side, you know, they could potentially win their division. What give what problems what gives me trouble about that game is it's a national televised game and you go out there and lay an egg like that. That's the game that bothers me. Those are the games where if you want the national recognition, if you want people to, you know, give you the the talk that they should, you can't year in and year out have nationally televised games and you lay an egg like that. So that's who I think, you know, you need help from. Everybody has to go, whether it's from Taylor Jenkins, it's John Morant, um, you know, Triple J, like everybody has to understand that, you know, this is these are the games that we, if if, if, if you don't win, then it's fine. But these are the games we can't come out and, you know, not play well defensively, not talk, you know, not be engaged like as a team. Those are the games that you cannot have. Absolutely. And it seems like the things that has played the Grizzlies for years ended up hurting the Grizzlies this week. In the Lakers game, for some reason, whoever was guarding Carmelo just kept leaving him and Carmelo just ate us alive. I mean, yeah, granted, it came down to a missed free throw from Ja. But at the end of the day, Melo was still looking like Melo, like we all have been saying for time and time again. The Portland game, I'm just going to chalk it up to this. C.J. McCollum, that's that's all I'm going to say. C.J. McCollum, like he's legit a Grizzlies killer. Like every time you look up, C.J. McCollum is having a great game against the Grizzlies, and somehow we end up on the losing end. And it was um, his but- wedding anniversary that game. <laughs> Which doesn't make it any better. I mean, um, like, he's, he's already Grizzlies killer. He's going to win one. You know how you do. You out there, your baby come out there to watch you ball, and guess what you're going to do? You're going to start showing out. His baby was there. It was his wedding anniversary. He was trying to, you yeah, know, show it. Like, it, look, baby, this for you. Because you got basically everything you could ask for to put yourself in a position to win that game because Dane was struggling for a vast majority of this game. 
Um, you stayed with him for a good little bit, and then CJ McCollum just happened. And then once once he has it going, Dame has it going, and they're starting making open shots, and you're just coming out as flat as they did. You Portland's gonna be tough to beat. Um and then this game against Miami, I have no idea just what happened. The Grizzlies just decided not to show up. Miami came in fresh off a win against Charlotte and decided that we're not gonna miss, we're not gonna miss tonight. <laughs> so, but Memphis being, I think, next to last and uh defending the three as far as uh field goal percentage from three is concerned. You see why now? Because I think Miami at one point was what twelve or fifteen at one point, and then at it just kept point, seventeen. Seventeen, 21. 17 <clears throat> was like 21. seventeen or twenty-five. Seventeen or twenty-five to finish the game. Whew, yeah. Any any team that's hitting seventeen threes at that clip is is going to be tough to beat. That's just um, that's just going to be it. I'm gonna save my rant on Jaron Jackson Jr. for for uh, <laughs> the end. Cause I want to let everybody else to get their um, <laughs> get their takes on these games in. So I will kick it off to my guy Sheedy. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll go in reverse order. Um, so the Heat game was to me expected. I'm sorry. Um, I just think the Heat are just playing with a different chip on their shoulder this year, um, and they don't. Really, the only game they've lost is the one game that Kyle Lowry has not played in. Um, but besides that, the Heat have been truly fantastic and to play that game without Bam Adebayo, um and the Grizzlies were let's just call it space but they were embarrassed um and that it's not yes they're terrible at defending the three but it's just lack of energy so to me you talk about the thing that's missing Cap you ask that it's the drive every night the hunger every night um and so let's go even now to the Trailblazers game where Everybody was kind of lackadaisical. No one really got over 20 points those games. But you, you can't be in your girl's DMs and, and come up with a goose egg still, D'Anthony. Um, and I've been trying to praise you a little bit, man. But, you know, zero points. You got C.J. McCollum scoring. You got – like, to me, if I see someone that I'm playing against that I'm guarding, if he's scoring, I'm either doing two things. One, I'm going to stop you. Or two, I'm going to put up some buckets myself. But to put up a goose egg DM – I can't have that happen, man. I can't. I can't praise you and not give you the criticism at the same time, which some of us don't like to do. Um, but I'm gonna I'm keep it real with you. Um, but you know, the Lakers. Uh, you know, LeBron wasn't gonna have that happen too much longer as well. Um, but you know, the Heat were were ready to take it. I'm glad we beat the Warriors. Um, that was really a statement game for me, even though it went to overtime. Um, this can be a really great type of thing for us. But to the words of Sharky, I know he's Mr. 500. Um, if we want to be in the playoffs this year, it's not going to be because we're 500. It's going to be because we won the division. If we are sitting at 500 this year, which I don't think we would, um, I think we need to be higher than that. Uh, well, there's a great chance I don't believe we're even in the playing scenario at that point. Um, and so you, we got to win these games. We got to win the games like against the Trailblazers and things like that. Um, but two quick thoughts, though, man. Um, I thought it was just to keep it uh, real quick. Um, Lakers game, of course, I said that the LeBron, LeBron one don't come out and go on three. So I definitely expected them to win that one. Uh, the Portland game. I mean, it really, I, let me go to the Warriors game because the Portland game and the Heat game are damn near the same thing. So with the Warriors game, y'all know I love me some Warriors. Thought the Warriors were going to come out and keep the ball rolling with them. They went in the overtime. It was a great game. 
to watch, but um, the Warriors committed, what, 25, 27 turnovers, something like that? So it was kind of like they kind of gave the Grizz away. Uh, they they kind of gave the game away for the Grizz to win, and I would have expected them to score a little bit more and not go into overtime with the Warriors turning the ball as many times as they did. And I think that kind of go into, you know, the next game. I mean, you know, the, the, the Blazers game and the Heat game. It's like energy is everything. Of course, we're not, you know, hitting the shots that we like to see. You know, Melton done went over for something a few times. Um, <laughs> uh, of course, the, 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 the villain of the show, Jerry Jackson, hadn't been playing well at all this season. Of course, we're still, what, six games in? But it's like energy is everything. Like, Sharky, I don't believe you'll, you'll be bringing out the Mr. 500 name this year. Um, because like I said, we're gonna we're we're gonna continue to grow and make this the most we're gonna make the corrections that we were supposed to make last year and not giving up games. But as far as the two games that we lost this week, they were blowouts. So I think it's just energy is everything. We won hitting shots. I still got my Jaron Jackson, you know, stock, you know, and I, I want to hear what Trevor has to say. Honestly, I know he's gonna no 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 bro, no. We gotta let Sharky and CJ get in on this with these and, games. Okay and, okay uh, okay. I do have a question though, real quickly. So all this talk about lack of energy, are we finally ready to acknowledge Dylan Brooks as the grandson? Are we finally gonna start acknowledging Dylan Brooks as the grandson? As the grandson? I think you should, right? You you got to. There's when when we talk about the heat and we talk about uh the trailblazers, it, it is is it, it isn't one dude at the head of that, right? It's not one dude with the mentality that that killer's mentality and all the killer's mentality is is hey no matter what happens i'm going to leave it all out there on the court and everybody feeds off of that cj mccullum plays that way so does dane right kyle lowry plays that way so does jimmy butler right that team good teams have multiple dudes with that mentality and they're usually amongst your two best players certainly two of your three best players right well the grizzlies have jai out there right now with that mentality that they're, they're missing that they're missing the energy. They're missing some of some of the fight, right? Some of the okay, things aren't going our way. Who can we turn to 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 do something to get us back excited? And Dylan Brooks is that other guy. DeAnthony is super laid back and chill, which is fine. Jaron laid back and chill. Although on that dunk, Jaron is frustrated. On that rebound pit, that dunk, you saw him finish it, slam the ball down, scream the F-word. He is not pleased with his game either, but he is another one who's laid back and chill. Tyus laid back chill uh as big as uh Stephen Adams is that's another kind of dude who's who's chill a little bit is is not Ray Ra all up in your face Ja is that Ja is going to dancing like hey bro we need you to shoot keep shooting it we believe in you Dylan Brooks is that other ultra confident ultra do anything necessary to win guy on this team and they're missing that's the thing they miss most with Dylan not just the defense not just his ability to make tough shots but it is hey no matter what happens, we've got a chance to win because this dude is on our team and he breathes confidence. And he puts that in us. So, yeah, pit him grind, son. He's got it. Yep, I totally agree. That's what that's exactly what they're missing. Like the problem, the biggest problem with Jaron Jackson right now is exactly that. It's just I don't see the like say he was frustrated at his play, of course, but I don't see the what's the word I'm trying to look for. He just not he doesn't have the. I can't get get the word. He's not a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like as my guy, he's not a dog. 
And that's uh, what testicular fortitude. That's what you're looking for. <laughs> there we go. Big words. Yeah, it's like that's what he's missing, and it's fine that you don't have that, but that's the reports I haven't dealing. And hopefully he gets back soon. I mean, the sooner he gets back, the better everything will get. But uh, this week was a little disappointing. I think it's the way they looked, especially the important game. They were up at halftime. And then I don't know what happened in the third quarter. And because look, Dame didn't shoot well. Even though CJ McCollum killed us, you look at his shooting percentage, he technically didn't shoot well in that game. We just uh Nurkic killed us. Um at that whole that same the same play, really. The same uh pick and roll he had and dive into the rim. It was just we couldn't stop it. Brandon Clark, same as Jaren. It's just they they missing that that uh st- st- what's the how you finesse the words? Testicular <laughs> fortitude. Testicular fortitude. There we go. There you but, go. That's the title of this episode, right there. There you go. <laughs> hey, you know me. I I need a spelling uh, check on that though. <laughs> that's why we have before, Google. Before we move on, like that's one of that's honestly one of the main reasons why I would love to have Desmond Bain coming off the bench. Like Sharky, we've seen it not only in the second half of the Portland game. But the last few games is where we have trouble scoring in our second unit. So why not have Desmond Bain, who's having a great season so far, come off the bench because he's not going to have enough shots starting with John Morant and Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson, who's still going to, you know, he may not be falling, but he's still going to get his shot attempts. Like, how do you fit a Desmond Bain into that starting lineup? But he can finish the game. Y'all know me, finish the games, starters, there are two different things. But to start the game, I can't see Desmond Bain having success as a starter right now with this Grizzly team. Took, I'm sorry how you don't see that, brother. If you if you look at Desmond <laughs> Bain's clips, like how he's shooting, like right. somebody who should, like, Watch I, and get, see. Watch like and I see. get exactly Watch what you're saying. But again, somebody that we'll talk about later in this episode, if like you take out Desmond Bain in that starting five, and this is again without um, Dylan Brooks in the lineup, who's shooting? Who's shooting the ball from three? Again, Jaw is working, and we've seen the improvements on there. No, no, no. I'm saying when Dylan face? comes back. When Dylan comes back, oh, okay. I don't I'm see how you start. No, you good. Okay. Well, I don't see how Bane continues if, when Dylan comes back. To that point, I'll have this conversation, though. I mean, you, you can bring Kyle Anderson in, have Kyle Anderson in the starting lineup, and you get that punch from Desmond Bain coming off the bench. Or, or hell, even DeAnthony. That yeah, bench unit is is rough right now and it is in part because you got two dudes who were coming off the bench last year um not a part of that unit i love brandon clark i enjoy brandon clark's game but he's not going to give that to you same thing with tyus right they're not going to give you the type of production that you need coming off the bench and we saw kyle anderson getting to to start in overtime right we talk about people who start and people who close kyle anderson came in and closed that game out and while he i don't believe he scored he certainly didn't score a whole lot it's not like kyle anderson was jumping off the screen with his athleticism or anything in that overtime period but he is the anchor out there when you have john morant when you have either desmond bain or DeAnthony melton when you have jaron jackson jr you do need an anchor out there you can use an anchor out there you might not need it you could use it right and then you allow the the punch to come off the second unit with a desmond bain or a d'anthony melton which one is up to you but that that is why you would move desmond bain to the bench right because that bench unit has been so so bad this year and been in a part of not the sole reason but one of the reasons why the team has has struggled in moments so far this year I totally agree. I think uh, with me, 
I would rather have De'Anthony Melton only because I think he's improved his off ball and actually creating his own shot. I think Desmond Bain's still much more a catch and shoot person. That's why he fits in the starting lineup more, and De'Anthony Melton will come off the bench. But either or, I think Desmond Bain still can go off the bench and get buckets because uh, Tyus Jones knows how to create offense and get them mm-hmm. open shots. So either way, Bro. I think that could happen. So one of them two would come off the bench when Dylan comes back. But to CJ's point, they may need to consider it right now, starting Kyle Anderson, because Kyle Anderson come off the bench. He has struggled so far this season. Outside the Golden State game, he turned it around, but so far he has struggled, to your point. So, all great points. But uh, I guess, CJ, what, what are your thoughts about the week as well? Uh, it's fine. I, I'm not. You know, this ain't my team, so I'm not. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm worried about my team. I, 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 can't, I can't take <laughs> on the burdens of the Grizzlies. Oh, I, I will say this, that Trailblazers loss. Oh. Uh, that's a team that was tired, right? That is the first back-to-back. That is the, what, third game in four days. You had four games in five days. You had two back-to-backs with a day's rest in between. Um, so that that they led at the start of the half, and then the second half, they just ran out of gas. Shots were short. Legs weren't under dudes. People can't rotate over the same way. Can't keep your guy in front of you the same way. You are just tired. You are spent. The NBA has got to find a way. I, I, if you got to play back to backs, fine, but you can't be playing four games in five in what five days, right? That's right. that's just too much to ask for. It's not a good product on the court. But they had to play the game. They went out there and they lost. They lost in a pretty bad fashion. So I get why there's some concern. But you're going to get those in an 82 game schedule. The difference in the Grizzlies doing this now and the Grizzlies doing this in February. Um, is the fact that, hey, we don't really know. We think we know what they are, but we don't know for certain what this team is just yet. So this is extra concerning because we don't know what they are. If we knew what they were, we'd be able to say, oh, okay, this is a one-off. This is a fluke. And I think everybody on here thinks that this is a playoff-type team. This is a top six team in the West when it's all said and done, but we don't know that for sure yet. We've only got six game, a six-game sample size. And then when you take a look at what happened against Miami, I'm – Listen, I'm in Nashville for a watch party. Uh, we watching these games. Get Nashville, great host. Um, Keith uh, from Fast Break Breakfast, he's sitting there. We we watching these games, trying to get everybody excited about the Grizzlies in Nashville. And it is hard to do when you're letting Miami run wild. Did they not know that Miami could shoot the three? Like, what in the hell was right. that? You got to be able to get out there and contest. And it was just three after three after three after three after three after three after three. I got to stop. I'm dizzy now. Going in, right? Like you, you got to be be better at defending the three. You, you've got to be able to get out there and contest those shots and make them more difficult than what they were. Be it against the Heat on Friday or against the Lakers and Carmelo Anthony, you got to make those shots tougher than than what they are right now. And so, but going back to Dylan Brooks being out, I hate to keep doing this. I don't want to make it seem like Dylan Brooks is some type of superhuman basketball player. He's not. He's above average. He's good. Trevor he's he is. When when. Uh, <laughs> When Dylan Brooks gets back, those shots get a little bit tougher, though. So hopefully he comes back soon. But until then, you can't wait on Dylan Brooks to get back. You can't say, oh, when this guy comes back, we're going to be ready to go. No, you got to be ready to go now and get out there and and get after it on the defensive end, especially defending the three-point line. Right. And the most concerning thing about the heat loss was the heat were on the second night of a back-to-back. They just played played Friday night in Miami. In Miami prior to the game. and their second best player rested, or he was out on the PS was hurt, but bam, didn't play. 
Mm-hmm. Took I just so, see the value in Dylan Brooks to what he brings to the Grizzlies. That's why I I, I cape for him so much. Like the value just keep the value just keep going up, man. I'm sorry. But no, like if CJ really like in year one of doing starting five, I you couldn't find the biggest Dylan Brooks no. critic than myself. Like I right. literally was on this show saying <laughs> trade Dylan Brooks, and then full 180. He mm-hmm. becomes an intricate part of the Grizzlies getting in the playoffs last season and us still in that game against Utah. So mm-hmm. I just realized his value. That's why I came for him so much. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That That's what we in the industry call growth. A lot of people get dug in on, on their beliefs about somebody and just ride that belief all the way out, no matter what, even though that person has clearly shown you that they've changed. So hats off to you. I don't have that capability. Once I decide you sorry, yeah, it's just sorry forever, dog. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> oh, man. So, the follow that. Should we even choose a player this week? Or should we just move on? I, to I mean, if you still got to give Desmond Bain some love for the week that he's had. I mean, I know that. I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. Let's all go Desmond just, Bain. Let's he, all go. Let's all go Desmond he just, he's, he's shown so much improvement. Like, again, he's, he shot the ball well last year, but he's, he's done so much to, you know, to time, you know, to fine tune his game. Like he, the man is averaging 18 points a game. Again, like he might not, you know, be getting that many shots. Or it won't probably be averaging that many points when, when Dylan Brooks comes back, but, He's doing a lot to try to help Jaw. Like, I love the run that Jaw's had, you know, the 30-point game here, the 35-point game, the 40-point game here. But I'm not sure if he can do that for the entirety of the season. So for the time being, until Dylan Brooks gets back, Desmond Bain has been absolutely on a whole nother level. And he, if, if nothing else, um, has kept them, you know, at least stay afloat until Dylan Brooks gets back. Yeah, I think that would literally be the – if we did do a Grizz of the Week – think everybody will probably choose Desmond Bain for this week because he's been the only bright spot. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, you can go ahead and clean sweep me. The man is shooting over 40% at all times. Desmond Bain. I'm, I'm definitely in it as well. Like so far he's doubled his scoring average from last year. So, I mean, we all, a lot of people or some people in the media have Jaron, you know, coming and getting most improved and really, I mean, looking at his numbers, Desmond Bain can easily be right there with him, um, especially, you know, if if what happened, if what I think, you know, if if what I think Coach Tev, if what Coach Tev wants to happen, and if it happens, Desmond Bain can continue to at least average 16, 17 points a game coming off the bench, and I think that'll that'll warrant some some definitely uh, most improved player of the year consideration, or even six man of the year. Who knows? I mean, Desmond Bain, the 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 growth in his game from year one to year two is going to be instrumental in whether or not this team is an actual top six seed in, in the playoffs, not in the, the play-in so far. So so good. And we got a taste of that. I remember, I do believe it was Kelsey Wright Johnson who brought this point up. We saw in Summer League the way that they were using Desmond Bain. They were hitting the ball more in his hands. They wanted him to facilitate. They wanted him to be a playmaker. I thought, okay, you know, I, I played high school basketball. I know how this goes. I was I played varsity as a sophomore high school my role varsity is completely different than my role jv right so varsity i'm just out there moving the ball setting screens back there take a shot keep my man in front of me that's all i do well in jv you got to go out there and make plays and create shots for for your teammates and i thought that was a situation that desmond bain was in where he's a professional but because he um 
better than all the other guys in the summer league. You're going to use him like he is a playmaker. I didn't know that they were going to actually be using Desmond Bain as a playmaker uh, with the Grizzlies this season. So, listen, man, Desmond Bain, if Desmond Bain continues doing this, the Grizzlies have a great shot at getting a top six seed. He'll have to continue doing this, though, if they are going to to get there and reach their goals. But Desmond Bain this week, yeah, player of the week. Yep, same here. That's my player of the week. Either Desmond Bain, you got to be either him or John, but I give it to Desmond Bain for, I mean, what he's averaging, what he's attempting eight threes a game, he's averaging almost 20 points. So, I mean, that's what we dreamed of last year. So, we are actually getting it this year. So, that is uh, my player of the week as well. So, let's move on to this upcoming week. We got three games. We got the Nuggets twice at home, uh, Monday and Wednesday. Then we have the Washington Wizards in Washington on Friday night. What is your record predictions? Um, give me two one. I think they split against the Nuggets. I'm not sure exactly which game they'll take. I'll be at the game um, on Monday, um, but I think they split uh, one of the games with the Nuggets. I still think the Nuggets are one of the better teams. Um, CJ talked about how great Jokic is and not being able to guard them in um, on the defensive end. So I, I think the Grizzlies will probably struggle. Well, I will be interested to see if Steven Adams guards them. I think that'll be a pretty interesting matchup. Um, but I still think Jokic is going to get here. So I think they split um with the um with the nuggets and i believe they'll take the game um against washington but how washington has been pretty good to start the season thus far too so um i'll go two and one i will stick with that sentiment of two of one as well uh i think they split against denver um and they win a tough one against Washington because I, I think a lot of people are, are not selling. I mean, are not buying in on this whole thing with Washington. Washington has looked great right out of the gate. I think it continues just for a little bit. They'll give the Grizzlies a game, but I think Memphis pulls it out. So two and one for me. Yeah, I was watching this game. Um, we talked about how the Grizzlies really need to win the division, and they need to they need to beat the Nuggets um, because the Nuggets just put a hurting a hurting on the Mavericks. Um, and I'll speak about that at another time. But uh, to me, I think I agree with my colleagues so far. I think they're going to split with the Nuggets. Um, but I also think they're going to lose to the Wizards. Um, and so um, like I did last week, I think this week they're one and two. Um, I think the Wizards are a better constructed team right now that's flowing. Um, and to your point, though, Trevor, I think this team does like start to sink eventually. I just don't think they sink yet. Um, so give me one and two for the week. I'm going to go two-on-one as well uh, with everybody else. Give me a split with the Nuggets and a uh, win against the Wizards. I mean, th- wouldn't it be the grizzliest grizzly thing to do to go out there and beat the Nuggets twice and then lose to the Wizards just in, a, in inexplicable fashion? Like, look Pretty real much. good against the Nuggets both games. It's like, oh, my gosh, the Grizzlies, they're sitting there at five and three. They're turning a corner. Here they go. And they go out there and lay an egg against the Wizards. I think that's probably what happens. They win a close one with the Nuggets. They blow them out in the in the second one, and then they go out there and just lay an egg for some reason against the Wizards because they're they're not uh, mentally sharp enough uh, in in that contest. That's that's just a, the history and the tradition of this team. One of the great traditions in all the sports. Grizzlies winning games they got no business winning and losing games that make you say, "How the hell did you even lose that game?" Yep, uh, I guess it's a Tennessee thing. Uh, I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. Memphis Grizzlies, shake hands. They're the same <laughs> <Yeah>. team. <laughs> lose guys you're supposed to lose. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat. 
uh, lose national TV games when everybody talking about you when when uh, you're the surprise team. Mm. But uh, for this week, uh, so they can't finish 500 this week because Mr. 500 Shark has returned. Give me one and two. <laughs> give me one and two. Split against Nuggets and still lose to the Wizards. Just give me one and two. Somehow they're going to uh, go 500 uh, throughout at least the first month to uh, get a brisket back. So that would be my prediction. Uh, for this week. All right. So, Trevor, take the floor. Hooey. So, Jaron Jackson Jr., ladies and gentlemen. Um, Mr. Four-year extension, $105 million. Um, I know it's early in the season. I know it's early. I know we're six games in, but we may. We may have to hit the the, the panic button on this Jaron Jackson thing as a super as a star. We may have to hit the panic button on that as, as a star. Not saying he can't be good as a role player, but as a star and as the second best player on this Grizzlies team, we may want to pump the brakes here. The problem with Jaron Jackson Jr. is not something that can be solved. It's something that should have been solved by him staying at Michigan State. Because a lot of times, and we talked about this in the group meeting, the guys, when Jaron is not making shots, more importantly, when he's not hitting threes, he checks out of the game completely. Like, you can definitely see it on the floor. If he's not making shots, he's not making threes, he's definitely he's checking out of the game. I don't know why he's constantly sitting at the three-point line during these sets in the half court on the offensive side. I don't know if Taylor Jenkins runs plays for him to try to get him easy baskets. But – it's been the same thing with Jaron Jackson since he's been in the league. Like, if you're not scoring, you need to find other ways to affect the game, to leave, to leave an impact on the game. Like, you're 6'11". Like, there is no reason you can't impact the game in other ways besides just scoring. Like, I, I asked for him to average 20 and 6. And I, I grant, granted, that's not going to happen every single night. But you can go out there if you're having what six points, eight rebounds, and maybe three blocks, and those make an impact and help the Grizzlies win the game, then I'm okay with that. But it's not even just you're not making your shots and you're not playing well. It's just your demeanor throughout this whole thing. And it's like you're not looking to yourself to try to find ways to impact the game in other ways to try to help Memphis out. And right now is this second best player man i'm really going to try to hit that panic button on them and the scholars point scholars looking like a profit right now this continues for the uh remainder of the first half of the season towards the all-star break you may have to start possibly looking at a possible partner for to, to try to get jaron jackson up out of there if this if this continues but i think it's not all the way on him i think taylor jenkins needs to find a way to try to get jaron some easy baskets to try to get his confidence going so that way he can, you know, look engaged and look a little bit more uh, passionate out there. But this is something, honestly, that could have been solved when he was at Michigan State. And it's funny because he was there with Xavier Tillman, who pretty much does this, pretty much what I what he supposed to do. If he's not doing what he's doing scoring-wise, he finds other ways to affect the game, whether it's playing defense, getting rebounds, facilitating at his position, like – that's what we need for Jaron right now. We need him, if he's not going to be able to score the way that we know that he can, find other ways to 
leave an impact on this game that's going to help Memphis and get this whole thing rolling. So it, it this shouldn't be happening in your fourth season. What's going on with Jan Jackson Jr. right now should not be happening in your fourth season. That's pretty much all I got to say on Jaren. So for our for our sake, we hope he gets it together. But I know it's early in the season, but I would pump the brakes a little bit and hit the panic button on Jaron Jackson Jr. as a star in the NBA. I wouldn't necessarily say as a good player, but as a star. Might want to pump the brakes there just a little bit. I at think least what, for right now. When you look at Jaron and you look at his game, especially since the Grizzlies had John Morant, right? It took them Ja's rookie year till mid to late December to, to mesh well. And then boom, you see Jaron all of a sudden become this 50% from the field, 40 some percent from three type of dude. So he didn't play last year. He was out there. Sure, towards the end of the year, he played in the playoffs. He played a couple of games late. But really, that's not a real season. So I, I want to see him get his legs back under him. I want to see what that looks like. That does take some time. Remember, Jaron Jackson Jr. was phenomenal in the bubble before the meniscus thing happened. Right. And had they not been playing so many games that he wouldn't have been putting that type of strain on his body. But you had to play the games because of the pandemic. You're trying to get through the bubble. You're trying to get crowned the champion. Get this yeah. money. I get it. I ain't tripping about that. But if he's not playing all those games, the knee is fine. He doesn't have to miss an entire season. Also, if that injury takes place in a regular NBA season happens in like March, he's healed and ready to go by December, January. Now, because it took place in August and the season starting in December and you're doing dumb stuff like six games and seven nights, like ridiculous in six games, nine nights or what have you. Uh, you can't play somebody on a bad knee in, in that situation. So that, that hampered him getting out there and getting that in-game feel. Once he gets the in-game feel, I, I think we'll see Jaron do more shot fake drive by you because driving by people is there. Once that stuff gets on film and coaches start coaching you up like, hey, Jaron, right here at the top of the key on this play, we love the fact that you're aggressive. We love the fact that you want to shoot it. Put the ball on the ground and go buy him. You're better than him. You're more athletic than him. You can finish at the rim. Go buy these dudes and finish there. And it's not. Once he starts finishing at the rim, those threes become easier to take, right? Because you're not flying out at Jaron Jackson Jr. trying to stop the three. You got to slow down. You got to chop your feet because he's got the ability to go by you. And with no hand in his face, Jaron can make open threes. We've seen him do it. So I would... I am going to wait. I get killed in the chat all the time about Jaron Jackson Jr., but I am going to wait till like mid-January before it's like, okay, panic button. We got to panic with Jaron. There's something something off. Let's let him get his legs under him. Let's let him get more game film, more game reps, and then uh, we'll see what happens from there. Because if Jaron can be what what I think he can be and what the, the people who like Jaron think he can be, that is going to be something tough to guard in the NBA. That is a mismatch night in, night out, and that makes your team that much better. So just wait. Wait till January. Be patient. We don't have to jump on them right now. You can jump on them. Whether you jump on them now or later, it doesn't matter, really. You just want to jump on them. Just wait a little bit. Pump your brakes. Jump on them in January, and let's see. Yeah, I, I'm to Turtle's point. I mean, I'm one of those people that I was just skeptical of giving him the contract that he, I mean, you know, to each its own, you know, the people that gave him the contract, they're in those particular positions for a reason. I'm not. So I'm just going to say I was just one of those people that was, again, skeptical of giving him the contract. Outside of what he did in the bubble, 
And outside of what he gives you one out of every five games, how often or when is Jaron Jackson Jr. good? That's what we hadn't seen. He's right. been good, though. He's been good. He was good before the bubble, right? Like he was he was a 50% from the field, 47% from three shooter before the, the bubble. And then he got in the bubble. He showed out in the bubble. The knee injury, right? You This is Jaron's fourth year, but the rookie year, he was a rookie. Year two, I think there was something there. Year two was Jaws' first year. So mm-hmm. we saw him be good the second half of that year, and then they shut that down, and then the bubble happened, right? And he was good then also. So, like, we've seen Jaron be good. It's been a while since we've seen him be good, that's but we have issue. seen Jaron be good. <laughs> and again, and that's where the issue lies. It, it's been that's a while. my issue. Like, when he's good, he's when he – when he's, I guess, healthy, I think he he plays well for me. Again, he still doesn't pop off the screen outside of one every four or five games. But when he's out there, he's good, I guess, but then he's he's hurt. And my issue, again, is he's good every once, every four or five games, and then he gets hurt. He's hurt for a long period of time, and then we have to wait for him to get acclimated, get, wait, for, you know, wait for him to get his legs back underneath him, and then it's that's that. That's my – I'm just concerned – that you gave him that money, you potentially, if things continue to not go well, are you going to even have a market for him? That's my thing. That's my concerning thing if I'm a Grizzlies fan. I'm concerned that he may not be what you want him to be. Because at this point, particularly right now, he's not your second best player on the floor. It's even a question if he's your third best player on the floor. No. <laughs> so, that, again, that, that's my issue It's you're paying this man all this money, and people were saying he's the unicorn. He's the he's the Steph Curry of big man. Cool. I see that once every four or five games when he's out there. I saw that at the I saw that you know before the bubble and in the bubble. I haven't seen that since. And again, the you know we say on this podcast all the time, when somebody shows you who you are or who they are, then believe them. He's showing me that I don't I don't think that he's it again. It's still early into the season. I'm not hitting the panic button yet. But if you're the Grizzlies, I think you at least start to see what you can get from is what I'm saying. I wouldn't say I wouldn't call all 30. I wouldn't call all the teams in the league, but I'm calling somebody. I'm calling one or two teams just to see what you can get from. That would be my thing. I'm not panicking, but I will trade him. I'm not saying panic, but I'm definitely saying trade his ass. What? Chandler and I, Parsons and, and, really and, and, traumatized and, and, this fan base, man. Oh Lord, I don't believe the, <laughs> Pimp, I don't Pimp believe the whole notion. Pimp I don't Parsons. believe the whole. I don't believe the whole notion of him like getting his legs back under him and working out. Like he's had a full year of rehabbing. If you date back to the bubble to when he had his injury, he has pretty much an entire year of rehabbing. He got back. Of course, he came back late in the season. Tried to give his all close to the playoffs he has a full off season a full off season to try to get his stuff back together and he gets the contract and it's not living up to it but Chidi had his hand up i'm sorry brother go ahead no i just want to just set the record straight um the one thing that the grizzlies and he had in common when they played each other is that the, the second best player was in street clothes um, and that was Dylan Brooks and Bam Adebayo. The Grizzlies hope that Jaron Jackson Jr. can be something of what Bam can be or as good as he can be. 
But one thing I've learned, I've been going to church lately, so I brought the Bible today. Um, and they, we talked about God works in facts and the devil works in feelings. And so I just want to talk about facts. So far, Jaron Jackson Jr., points per game are 100th in the league. That's just a fact. So far to this point, Jaron Jackson Jr. is tied for 98th in the league for rebounds. That's just a fact. Here's another fact, Grizzlies fan base. You cannot give John Morant all this energy about him being an MVP candidate, all this, that, and the third, and still not put that same type of criticism onto Triple J. I understand it's been six games. I understand the injury. I really do. But if we can sit here and give the positive about Ja, and Ja's been doing fantastic, we must also look at Triple J. And I'm not saying he's been trash. I'm just saying the numbers say he's average. He's average. And to be honest, the second best player is going to need more money than what Triple J just got. Dylan Brooks' contract is going to come up soon. And I swear to goodness, if he's not making over $100 million, then that's a problem. Because without Dylan Brooks, we're not in the playoffs. We're in the playoffs without Triple J. We're not in the playoffs without Dylan Brooks. And so to me, I'm just, you know, I gave my time offering today. And I just want to make sure that we are present in the Lord and all that we do in giving facts and not feelings. I'll pass along. I'll pass the collection plate now. My blessings, Deacon uh, Deacon Sheedy. <laughs> blessings. <laughs> oh, man. But hey, Jaron has played. Has Jaron played? I had his stats. Hold on. Let me make sure I got this right. Because I'm not sure if Jaron has played 15 games since the injury. Jaron has played 17 games, right, since the knee injury. Like, it's, it's going to now, in those 17 games, to everybody's point, when the shot's not falling for Jaron, the three ball specifically, is a different Jaron. And in those 17 games, he's under 30% from three, which tells me his legs still aren't there. The shot still isn't there. Because before that, Jaron was a a 40% three-point shooter. And if you can get back to that, then I think he's fine. It's going to take more than 17 games, though. It it just is for me before I'm ready to hit the the panic button. But this is where I kind of call Taylor Jenkins out. Like, a part of that is if you know this is happening with Jaron, Put him in position to where Jaron can mm-hmm. get some easy baskets. Mm-hmm. So then when he decides to diversify his game and stretch out to that three-point line, then if he's not making the threes, then we'll be like, okay, at some point it is eventually going to start falling to your point. But you can't just plant Jaron out there at the three-point line and just have him chucking up threes like every single game. Like I checked this stats like more than half his attempts this season are from the three-point line. Mm-hmm. And that's not good, especially if he's not hitting them. Now, if he's hitting them at the 40%, the 40% clip that we know he's done before, then that's cool. But if that's not happening, Taylor Jenkins, you need to find a way to get this man some easy baskets. So that way he can be a little bit more effective. I'm not saying I'm saying hit the panic button on him as a star. I'm not saying hit the panic button on him completely. Like he can still be a pretty good serviceable player for the Grizzlies. Let's pump the brakes a little bit on calling him this unicorn, the Steph Curry of big man. Let's pump the brakes on that real quick. I'm not bad-mouthing Jaren just yet. I'm just saying, 
we might want to hold up on calling him the, the next big thing just just yet. Just let's hold I've up. Heard, I've heard unicorn. I've never heard the Steph Curry of big men though. That's a new one to me. No, <laughs> yeah, that was. We've heard, heard it. We've heard it. <laughs> um, but listen, man. It and the team to your point about Taylor Jenkins. The team is different. The team is different than what it was when Jaron was the forty percent from three guy. You needed Jaron Jackson to take those threes because Jaron was the best shooter you had on the court. Now you've got shooters. Now you've got people who can shoot. They can stretch the floor for you. So you can say, hey, Jaron, we don't we like you taking threes. We might not need you to take as many. Don't be afraid. It's, it's almost like he forgets that, hey, you, you got handles, especially for your position, for your size. You can go by these dudes and you can finish at the rim. And if you don't finish, you're at least getting fouled. Right. We trust you to make plays. In that sort of a way, I think that there's got to be a more of an emphasis on on that aspect of his game until the shots start start falling again. With the emphasis on that part of his game, those shots get a little bit easier. And when we get more film, when he gets a chance to be coached with NBA action, I think this team had will will be better, and he'll be better, right? I I I had a lot of questions about Taylor Jenkins. Had a lot of questions about how this Josh Aaron thing was going to fit and then boom all of a sudden it clicks all of a sudden uh taylor jenkins has figured out how to use ja and jaron in ja's rookie year right all of a sudden he's figured out how to get jaron coming off of double screens curling to the basket not just curling around the three-point arc curling to the basket catch the ball finish at the rim i trust taylor jenkins to do a good job strategizing and getting the most out of the pieces around him i also trust jaron to get his game back right again it's only been 17 games it's been less than 20 games since a knee injury let's let's you know i i'm not freaking out about him i don't want to uh trade him either let's let's wait and see what happens and did that touchdown count i'm assuming we're all freaking out because of the saints game i'm not sure but we <laughs> it didn't okay I'm, I'm that not sure. all right we, <laughs> well let's go ahead Let's go ahead, wrap it up. Or uh, where I go first, then Tuka finish up with his uh, stock in the Triple J Allen. But <laughs> I've been a mediator. Uh, criticism is fair right now. Like I said, it's early in the season on the six games. I'm like the typical person who's like, let's wait, let's give it to January, every December or something. But like Skyler and Trevor and she deployed too. It's not. He hasn't been looking good. I've always thought Jaren is the third, the third star more so than the second star. And um, right now, that's what it's looking like. Like Trevor said, maybe we should give up thinking he's the second star and maybe he's the third piece of a championship team and we need to get the second piece. That's why I've always thought. But we might have to, like I said, down the line, we may have to get rid of him. We might have to trade him to get the second piece. But like I said, let's hope it don't come to that. We'll revisit this uh, pretty sure over the upcoming weeks and we'll see what goes from there. So tell Took what you got to say about your boy. All I got to say is that I found that holding on to particular things can actually help. And what I mean by that is that y'all know I'm invested in the cryptocurrency, right? I'm invested for everybody listening. I'm investing in a safe moon. And what literally happened this past week from safe moon is that for the last four, let's say for the past four or five months, when I bought in the safe moon, it was, let's say 16 cent, right? This week it went, all the way to seven and then it, today it comes down and it's five so what i'm saying is if we if I, I held on i bought stock when it was low it reached great points and then it came back down but it was still better than what it was last week that right now is all i'm asking for for jaron jackson we see him being aggressive even though he's getting frustrated on the offensive end 
even though he's getting frustrated but not ta- making the shots, he's taking them. He's taking the eight threes a game. We want to see from him. We want to see. Now, defensively, hey, like you say, Leo, like we say, if a person shows us who he is, we better believe him. Defensively, I'm not sure what we can get Jaron to do at that point. But offensively, which is where I see his game being more so of an offensive player, he's he's taking the shots. The shots going to start falling. At the end of the day, we talk about the the trailblazers. Dame Lillard shooting 20-some percent from the three right now. You know what I'm saying? 30% from the field. Like, the shot's going to start falling, but the fact that he's taking them and being aggressive, he did have some key rebounds in the, what was it, the Lakers game, right? He did. He was key in the Clippers game. Clippers game. So, what I'm saying is we've had the, high low, the highs that I've had, I've seen St. Moon in months. Even though it came down, it's still a lot better than what it was last week. That's what I'm seeing at Jaron Jackson. I'm not buying stock, but I'm not selling mine either. Yeah, what Tevin's right. saying is, forget Steph Curry. He's a Dame Lillard or Biggs. That's what's going <laughs> on right now. There we go. <laughs> hey, Dame, hey, you know when it's Dame time, so you know what's up, though. Come on, dog. When it's Dame time, you know what's up. We get 17 games. 17 games. Sharky, take us out of here, Sharky. 17 games? Hey, hey. All right. Well, to end it off, man, CJ, thank you for coming on. Uh, you great guest. Hey, thank great. y'all, man. <laughs> thank y'all, man. Uh, I appreciate it. No problem. Let the, let the people know where they can follow you at on social media. Oh, check me out. I'm at Conradicalness. Uh, C-O-N yeah, Radicalness. I don't know how to spell that word. Hell, good luck. <laughs> um, you guys, check me out on, on YouTube Monday through Friday, starting at 8 o'clock, ending whenever the hell we say we done uh grind city media on youtube hit that subscribe button then you'll you'll get the notice of rise and grind i work with two phenomenal women two phenomenal minds in sports and jessica benson and megan triplett you don't want to miss that show it's super fun it's real energetic it's a great way to uh start your morning check us out grindcitymedia.com uh for all of your sports podcasting needs i myself am very proud to be a hbcu alum shout out to you you know um so we have a podcast about hbcu sports football culture i guess football is a sport but it's its own little thing because it's such a passionate base um so yeah we, we do that it's called hbcu huddle give us a listen uh on spotify um as well thank you guys so much for having me it's great i love seeing this many uh black men in this field trying to to make it i started off doing podcasts like this i did three or four of them like this only got paid for one make good money the one that paid me, Wolverine Wanderings, what do we talk about? We talk about Michigan athletics the whole damn time. And since and that damn show ended in like 2014, and since then they still hadn't beat Ohio State. Good. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right, sorry, sorry. I've, I've had three whole new jobs the last, since the last time Michigan has beat Ohio State. Are you serious? Shout out to Sheedy, man. Shout out to Sheedy, man. <laughs> All right, man. To finish it off, remember to follow us on Twitter at Starting Five Number Five MEM. Of course, new episode every uh single Monday. Um, and of course, this episode will be out. We record it on Sunday, it's released every Monday. Remember to follow Grizzly Bear Blues to SBN Grizzlies and listen to the other podcasts on the network, the 3D podcast, the Core Four Podcast, GPB Live, and the Long View. And remember to follow me at the one underscore P Shark. I'm still at underscore Scott on Twitter, and I've, it's been that way since 2014. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm still at the art of Trevor 
Um, the first letter of each word is capitalized except of because it's a preposition, and of's been a preposition since 2014. Well, since the beginning of the time. <laughs> since the beginning of the time. <laughs> no, of just became a preposition. <laughs> um, man, that's great. Uh, you can follow me at the Buckeyes are still going to beat the Wolverines after Thanksgiving uh, since 2014 and then on. And also, it's really shitty in case you need me to talk about Jesus to you. I'm gonna follow everybody but she. <laughs> Hell. Hey, follow me at Tev Shakir, man. We appreciate y'all listening. Uh CJ, you're awesome, bro. I do appreciate you having you. I would actually watch your Twitter again, but you don't even know how to spell it, so it's all good. We'll see when we come up our screen. We'll see when we come up our screen, man. When when I promote the episode, you'll be posted. We'll all, right, all of us don't learn how to spell it then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm the picture of the dude standing next to his granny in the mountains. So that that's me. Oh man, great episode. Next time, go greens. Go greens.